Hi, this is Elliot Fishman. I'd like to welcome you to our latest vodcast. This one will be on uh, MDCT, Evaluation of the Adrenal Glands, Our Current Approach. This is the first part of what will be somewhere between five and seven parts, depending how long each of these go. But it should be a very nice review, looking at the evaluation of the adrenal gland with CT, recognizing, of course, that other modalities can be very helpful in the evaluation of the adrenal glands. But in most practices, CT is the number one study and often is the only study necessary. We know from uh, many years of experience with CT that we can see the adrenal glands on every single study. The appearance of the glands will vary from patient to patient. Each limb is less than 15 millimeters in thickness. Sometimes it's one or two millimeters. Very, very easy to visualize the adrenals and again, variable shape. We typically think about the adrenals on axial imaging, but recognize of course that classic adrenal shape kind of matching the prior picture is very easy to see on a 3D reconstruction. And, uh, I guess that's why they called them the suprarenal glands. Very nicely shown here in the suprarenal fat. Again, the amount of fat is variable. The splaying of the limbs is variable. It's important when we look at the adrenals to be able to visualize each and every limb. We recognize the presence of disease, even subtle disease, by bulges in the gland. So although I don't typically measure an adrenal, you can see in this example that there are masses, in this case adenomas, in both adrenal glands. You can see how they're nice round structures. Now if I think about the adrenal glands and I ask the question to myself or to you and say why do we evaluate the adrenal glands? Well, there are a lot of reasons. It may be part of a staging study like with uh, lung cancer. It may be a patient with hormonal abnormalities, say Cushing's, where you're looking for a carcinoma or adenoma. But when you think about it, reality is the most common reason we look at the adrenals is because it's there in basically almost every CT of the chest and CT of the abdomen. We see the adrenals routinely and we recognize that the most common adrenal mass is a benign lesion. Up to 10% of the population may have adenomas. So in reality, without even thinking about an adrenal lesion, without describing size and shape and any other criteria, one can a priori say the lesion is probably benign. And that's going to be true. Most adrenal lesions are benign. So one of the things we try to do with CT is really separate the lesions that are leave alone or benign from those that we need to do further workup or do further procedures on. So in saying that, let's think about how we look at the adrenals. We can look at things from a cortical perspective versus medullary. Certain diseases are cortical. Certain ones are medullary. And that's nice to know but in reality is not going to help that much on CT because we really can't separate cortex and medulla. We do routinely separate lesions into benign versus malignant and again that's a lot of the principles of all the work done with adenomas and again adenomas and benign lesions are far more common than malignancies. Malignancies are rare. When you do have malignancy it's typically metastasis. Primary carcinoma, lymphoma, neuroblastoma, malignant theos are all relatively rare. Now that information about benign versus malignant is important but again um, may be only helpful in terms of the history. A child with an adrenal mass at age four is more likely a neuroblastoma. Patient with hypertension enhancing mass is going to be a pheo. So clinical history may help with that uh, benign versus malignant. 
We can divide things into unilateral versus bilateral, and that can be helpful. But as you look at this list, many of the things can be unilateral or can be bilateral. Myelolipomas are typically unilateral, but metastasis or hemorrhage or infection, and in 10% of cases, pheos, will not only be on the unilateral list, but they'll also make their appearance on the bilateral list. So unilateral versus bilateral is somewhat helpful, but not always going to be all that helpful. We can look at lesions as functioning versus non-functioning. Most lesions are non-functioning. However, you can see from this list, adenomas and metastasis are both non-functioning lesions. So this can be helpful more from the perspective if a lesion is functioning, it's Cushing's, it's Kahn syndrome, it's Fields with hypertension, that functioning tumor can be more helpful in allowing you to make a specific or suggest a specific diagnosis. So in saying that, how do we do things? Well, clinical history, presentation, are all critical because as we said, Hypertension, you think pheo. Four-year-old adrenal, you're thinking neuroblastoma. Patient with lung cancer, you're thinking metastasis. Patient with lone lymphoma, you're thinking spread of lymphoma. So we think about those things, and then we think about the CT findings. So we're going to look at size. We're going to look at the criteria we mentioned, unilateral versus bilateral, the attenuation, does it enhance, does it contain fat, does it contain calcium. These are all very important things. Now, we also will, of course, be very careful on our protocols. What you'd like to do, and this goes back 25 years, is get thin sections through the adrenal. Again, you have to scan above and below the adrenal. You don't want to miss a lesion projecting above or below. So simply seeing a normal adrenal on one slice does not exclude a lesion. And regardless of the technique, you're typically in the three millimeter or less range. You can do consecutive, or you can do some overlapping scans I've not seen any articles showing a significant difference. The thinner collimation on the multi-detectors at 16 and 64 allow 3D imaging, which is particularly helpful when you're trying to uh, determine, for example, a carcinoma of the adrenal and looking at the extent in terms of vascular invasion. Now, in terms of our protocols, we give patients water 1,000 cc's to distend the stomach. I've seen a few gastric pseudotumors, so I want to avoid that. We'll always do non-contrast scans. Remember, the way you make a diagnosis of adenoma, under 10 Hounsfield units, it's going to be an adenoma. So you want to really be able to get that initial value, which would, in many cases, allow you not to have to inject contrast and simply not have to continue the study. If we have a lesion that does not meet the criteria, it's over 4 cm, it's higher density, well, then we'll give IV contrast, typically about 100 to 120 cc's, injected at 3 cc's a second. And we'll typically scan the patient at about 50 to 60 seconds post-injection. Now, we'll speak a little bit later about at our protocols for washout, where you scan at 60 seconds, and then you come back at 5 minutes and 10 minutes and 15 minutes to look for washout. And all the work done, particularly at that 15-minute washout, is indeed very, very helpful. But... Again, let me just reinforce, if you're doing adrenals, you got to do non-contrast. That may give you the answer, and surely if you don't do non-contrast, you may be scratching your head, because we know adenomas do enhance, and so then what do you do? So we'll talk about that. Let me just mention the few pseudo-lesions I commented before. We give water. I don't want to have a gastric pseudotumor. If I give you a nice image like this, and this sometimes happens when you're doing a chest CT, and these are your lowest scans, 
sure looks like an adrenal mass. Is it necrotic? Is it cystic? Well, it's the fundus of the stomach. And here is another example. And the stomach can hang way back there. And if you just have the misfortune of catching it perfect, you can make the wrong diagnosis. Another wrong diagnosis is this one. Look at the left adrenal. You can go through a whole differential diagnosis. What is that adrenal? But you recognize this arterial phase imaging in a patient who has cirrhosis. And when we go to venous phase, look at those nice varices. So again, patients with cirrhosis, be very careful. There are often varices in or near the adrenal bed and you can make tremendous, tremendous errors. Two words to the wise. All right, let's talk about incidental lesions. That's often what articles focus on, and it is critical, because these incidental lesions are mostly adenomas. You want to say, leave the patient alone, don't do a further workup, but how can you do this? Well, first we have a term, incidentaloma. I once wrote an article, uh, or co-authored an article on this topic, I thought the word incidentaloma was just something we said. I didn't really think it was a word in the dictionary. But what it means is a non-functioning adrenal tumor discovered during an imaging study performed for indications exclusive of adrenal-related conditions. So you just happened to do a CT and you found this lesion. Now for some numbers, 9% of the population will have adenomas. It increases in patients uh, with age, with diabetes, with thyroid disease. The way we make the diagnosis with adenoma is most of them contain fat. The amount of fat can be substantial or minimal. And adenomas typically are under 4 centimeters in size. For lesions above 4 centimeters, you kind of have a hard time calling them adenomas. I remember the old days we would say had to be under 3, but I think 4 is a great number. In the 90s, good article by Mel Karopian from Michigan looking at uh, adenomas showing that adenomas on non-contrast could be recognized because of their density, but once you gave contrast, all bets were off. And what Mel was recognizing was the fact that adenomas enhanced. So if you went back at 40 or 50 seconds, an adenoma might be 16, you might be thinking about metastasis or some tumor, and yet that adenoma may have been 15 or 10 when you started the study. So what we do is say, do non-contrast. Under 10, it's benign. But you gave contrast. Most of our scans do have IV contrast. So what do you do? Well, you could bring the patient back in two days. The contrast has been excreted, but that's a pain. The patient's kind of upset for two days. It's very time consuming. Well, what else can you do? Well, an article by Remmer basically looked at some of the strategies. And of course, you can see just a comment that uh, uh, patients with, uh, even with cancer, where you would have a higher suspicion of adrenal metastasis, even in them, that 10 uh, Hounsfield unit threshold does work. And here's a nice example of an adenoma from an a, uh, article by Mike Federley. And just to show you some adenomas that give you a feel, classic adenomas, low density. Another one, low density, under 10 Hounsfield units. Usually unilateral, but there it is, and it's all its glory bilateral. Now, what about this one? This is where the problem comes in. Incidental adenoma in your heart, you know it's benign, but it's 50 Hounsfield units. Or this one, following up a renal cyst, what about that right adrenal? It's enhancing, looks solid, is that a tumor? Do I need to biopsy it? What do I need to do? Or this example, same case, what is it I need to do? Do I need to worry? 
what can I do? And another example, same thing, left adrenal. Well, when you start looking at these lesions and you start thinking about them, what you're noticing are small lesions that are enhancing. And so when you actually go back, and here's a good example, left adrenal was 39, indeterminate with contrast, on non-contrast it was 5. So one of the things you recognize is that adrenal adenomas, benign lesions enhance. It's very, very critical. Metastasis enhance and tumors enhance, but adenomas also enhance. They enhance with variable appearances. It can be somewhat homogeneous. It doesn't always have to be. But we see this enhancement. What can we do? Well, someone was smart enough. There's a good article which looked at, well, instead of bringing the patient back in two days, what if we just wait 30 minutes? And when you waited 30 minutes, they found out that the adenomas were typically or almost always under 37 Hounsfield units, and non-adenomas were over 41. So what you simply would have to do is uh, wait 10 to 15 minutes after a study to look at what the uh, adrenal would actually measure. So if you had under 37, some people say under 30, at 10 minutes it would be diagnostic of adenoma. But then we said if it washed out, 50%, it was also an adenoma. And what does washout mean? Well, if it goes to 100 Hounsfield units and then drops down to 50, that's a 50% washout. So there are different techniques. You can measure at 60 seconds post-injection, then 15 minutes, then look at the two values. If it enhanced and then dropped more than 50%, it's an adenoma. Now, we mentioned 70% of adenomas will have fat, and so they're easily recognizable. This washout value is very helpful because it works very nicely in adenomas that are often not a fat attenuation. Here's a nice article by Caoli. In this article, 36 of 39 non-adenomas and 124 of 127 adenomas were correctly characterized. The protocol correctly characterized 96% of lesions. And just to show you some examples, non-contrast 24, early phase 56, and then at 10 minutes 28. 50% washout, adenoma. Another case. Here it goes from 40 on non-contrast to 81 with contrast. We follow it over time, and this lesion goes from 41, will drop back down, and it was consistent with an adenoma. Now, there have been a number of articles. Here's one article. When they looked at adenomas and other tumors, the enhancement loss in carcinomas and theos is similar to metastasis, but less than that of adenomas. The percentage change in absolute contrast washout is therefore useful uh, in differentiating adenomas from other tumors. So that rule works very nicely there. Same article, optimal threshold for absolute percentage of enhancement loss and 40% for relative percentage of enhancement loss basically gives you 100% sensitivity. So again, very nice article with very nice numbers. Adenomas, 32. Other tumors, 66 or above. Theos, the carcinomas, the Mets, weren't all that different. But you can see there twice at least what an adenoma is. So you have a lot of safety in making that diagnosis. Obviously, we also look at size, and this lesion is about 5 cm. I don't care what its washout is. I'm not calling it an adenoma. This was resected. 
this was an adenoma. So the rule works very nicely, but occasionally you will make a mistake, but you'll make a mistake and a benign lesion will be removed. You don't want to miss a carcinoma or metastasis. So it's a very nice, simple rule, easy to use in practice. Let's now look at several other benign adrenal lesions. But looking at the clock, why don't we do that next time? With that, let me stop and wish you all a very nice day.